This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Welcome, welcome to it. Uh, it is great to have you here with us. And uh, actually, Stu isn't even here with us. He's what? in. Uh, he's in New York. Yeah, not something. Uh, there he, there he is. Hey, see you can tell because he's got buildings behind him out that window right there. <laughs> so, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a real window. I want you to know, mm-hmm. Pat, it's a 100% uh, authentic window yeah. right behind me. If it started yeah. raining right now outside, it would also start raining right here in this window uh, that it, it, for some reason is plugged in and has a border around it. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, it's a it's an unusual window, but it's mm. it's a real window nonetheless. Right. If you wanted to commit suicide, you could leap right out that window and die. Am I right? Uh, well, I mean, I think if I bang my head into that window enough times, maybe eventually I at least knock myself out. <laughs> well, but that's probably it, as close let's as Let's see how that works out. <laughs> yeah, uh, it'd be kind of fun. <laughs> uh, all right, so I, I wanted Thank to you, get Jeff. your thoughts because it was, it was tough um, on the radio show this morning to, you know, because we kind of had the, the back and forth and then, you know, know about the delay and it was it was hard for you to be a a bigger part of the show but uh you heard the trump comments on abortion right Uh, i did hear them and and, you know it it was it's an interesting thing to kind of see him and watch him flail around as he tries to get close to a point Uh, maybe we could watch the video uh, back and 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 kind of go through that a little bit Mm -hmm. because it was it's it's a great microcosm of his entire campaign it really is i mean it it is everything we've said about the guy that he just doesn't know what he's talking about. He just doesn't know these issues. He has no foundation from which he draws. Ever? Ever. He's, he doesn't have principles, at least not conservative principles. I mean, did he really feel uh, that abortion was necessary when he was pro-abortion? I don't know. Or was that just the way it was because people around him in New York felt that way? I, I don't know. Yeah, that was I, the first one, right? Wasn't yeah. that the first interview where he would talk... That was the same one where he said he was a New York, uh, yes. New York difference, different than uh, the regular rest of the country. Right. Right. Yes. So anyway, here is uh, Trump yesterday on abortion and whether there should be punishment uh, for the woman involved if it were illegal. Should the woman be punished for having an abortion? Uh, look, uh, this I, is not something you can dodge. It's a, if no, you no, say it's, it's abortion not, is a not, crime or abortion is murder, you have to deal with it under the law. Should abortion be punished? Well. 
people in certain parts of the Republican Party and conservative Republicans would say, yes, they should be punished. How about you? Uh, I would say that it's a very serious problem, and it's a problem that we have to decide on. Uh, it's, it's very hard. But you're I mean, for banning you it. Say, well, wait, are you going to say put it. them in jail? Are you, is that well, the no, what I'm asking you, about? because you say you want to ban it. What's that mean? I am against, I am pro yes. What is ban? How do you ban abortion? How do you actually do it? Well, you know, you'll go back to a position like they had, where people will perhaps go to illegal places, yeah. but you have to ban it. There's, Do you believe in punishment for abortion, yes or no, as a principle? Uh, the answer is that uh -huh. there has to be yes some no, form of punishment. For the woman? Some form. Yeah, there has to be some form. Yeah. Ten, 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 ten years, I don't what? know. That I don't know. Well, why I don't not? Know. I don't you know. You take yeah. positions and everything else. I frankly, I do take positions and everything else. It's a very complicated position. I don't believe in punishing anybody for having an abortion. Okay, fine, okay. That's of course fine. not. And I think it's a woman's choice. So you're against I, the I, teachings I, of your church. I, I believe, I have a, a, a view, and a moral view, but I believe mm. we live in a free country, and I don't want to live in a country so fascistic that it can so stop stupid. a person from making that decision. Yes. That would be so invasive, but I've so determined of a society that I wouldn't be able to we're familiar with. Good golly, that's a weird position to stake out. I have a moral opposition to it, but we live in a free country. If your moral opposition is you don't want to kill the baby, how do you not apply the same logic to murder, you dumbass? Well, I have a moral objection to killing somebody, but I'm not going to stop Jeffy from killing somebody. <laughs> what what, a, what kind of ridiculous statement is that? I mean... Chris Matthews is even worse than yes. Trump here, but he's not running for president. Thank God. Yeah, thank heaven. I mean, that is just unbelievable. <laughs> I hadn't seen the, the end of that. Yeah, it, 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 it's, a, it's an amazing one. Yeah, Pat, and, I, and I, I, it's funny to watch that because you... <laughs> You're right. First of all, Chris Matthews is so awful. Oh. He actually makes uh, oh. Donald Trump <laughs> look better than he right should does. in this particular situation. Um, but it's it's funny when you look at that po point as a whole. It's it's such a it's such a weird thing to focus on. And and this is a great example of of, of gotcha journalism in 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 a, in, a, in a matter of respect because really, I mean. What you're talking about would, is so far away from where we are. Mm -hmm. The fight, the conversation has always been, well, do we ban it or do we not? The legal details about what the fine amount is or what the punishment is, if in some circumstance you got the constitutional amendment needed or the, the, the Supreme Court reversed their ruling to make it so that abortion was completely banned. I mean, it's so far away from from where we are now it's like trying to to map out the you know the regulations of evolving uh, revolving around space travel between venus and neptune I mean, it's like it's like it's it's mm. it's such a ridiculous it has nothing to do with the debate that we're talking about now so mm. i can understand in some ways that he's not prepared for the question i mean it's not something that has been part of this campaign at all but it also shows that donald trump has no basis no, clue. no foundation in the principles he's talking about no. he has no idea he's never considered any of these things no, before he hasn't. and he's you can see mm. him uh and, and it's much better on Patton Stew than it was on radio because you can see him make that decision where he looks mm -hmm. up and he goes it should be punished. <laughs> that is not the way to handle a major issue. No, it's it's really not. And you know, how about an answer like, I don't know. We go back to what it was before 1973. How about that? 
you know, we go back to that. Did women go to prison for abortions then? No, you dumbass. No, it didn't happen then. Why would it now all of a sudden happen where we start punishing women for having illegal abortions? Because. <laughs> because. Because Chris Matthews wants an answer because. to the question. I mean, so weird. And and a lot of politicians do the same thing that Matthews just did with the equivocation there that, well, I morally disagree with it. I agree with the church on the moral decision, but you can't apply morals to politics. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the problem! And that's why they hate Ted Cruz, right? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it is, Although, it's, it's funny because they say... They say they can't they can't apply morals to to politics, but I mean they do it all, all the time. Yes, I mean do. they're constantly the saying how immoral it is that two that CEOs make so much more yes. than their employees, and it's always immoral uh, yep. that women don't make as much as men. Yes. And it's uh, they use mm -hmm. the morality argument all, all the, the time, time when it's convenient for them. All they just try the to time. avoid it when it's the other side. Oh, it's agonizing. Um, then uh, Cruz actually had some fun time last night on uh, Jimmy Kimmel and. Seems like Kimmel, I mean, I've only seen this clip, so I don't know how the rest of the interview went, but it seems like he got fit, treated fairly well. Uh, but uh, he was joking around with him a little bit about, uh, about Donald Trump. Here's what happened. Well, Donald Trump, is he the person you dislike most of anyone in America? <laughs> oh, no. Who do you like better, look, Obama or Trump? <laughs> look, look, look. <laughs> I dislike Obama's policies more. I see. Uh, but but Donald uh, Donald is a unique individual. <laughs> I, I, I will say I was watching the early part of the show, and, and, and if I were in my car and getting ready to reverse and saw Donald in the backup camera, <laughs> I'm not confident which pedal I put. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Except I hate to give Trump fire. Yeah, I mean, but... No, he might have hit the brake. He just wasn't confident. Because sometimes you, you know, when you're looking at the backup camera, right. uh, your foot goes to the wrong one. And, right. you know, just to be an accident, that's all. Uh, so, anyway, in Wisconsin right now, uh, as we've talked about on, on radio, and I think we mentioned this yesterday, uh, Cruz has opened up a lead of more than, uh, well, it's about 10 points over Trump in Wisconsin. It's a, the new Marquette Law School poll. Cruz has uh, about 40% uh, among registered Republican likely voters. Trump got 30.4, Kasich 21.4. Polls release comes with uh, less than a week until Wisconsin's primary, which has 42 delegates at stake. Wow. Uh, they award their delegates in a hybrid fashion, which means some delegates are allotted, allotted on winner-take-all basis, while others are allotted proportionally. How weird is that? What is it? So does that vary by county? Do you know the rules on this, uh, Stu? Is that a county uh, situation? Yeah, I, I could I could pull up the uh, I could pull up the exact ones. I, it's um, usually what these things are. And if I remember right, with Wisconsin, I could be wrong. Um, but there is a. It's usually by congressional district. So usually they. You know, you can get um, a certain amount of uh, like you know if you can. If one candidate wins the vast majority of the vote, that doesn't mean they're going to win all the, the delegates because someone can knock mm. out one congressional district and pull a few and do terrible in the rest of the state. And that's what's happened in a lot of these states as uh, candidates like, you know, uh, Rubio did this in a couple of places when he was in the race. 
Uh, Jeb Bush targeted certain uh, uh, counties uh, and congressional districts. Um, and Kasich is really doing this a lot because you can go into a place like California and pick off a couple of districts and get you know, a few delegates here or there, keep them away from Trump mm -hmm. uh, and get something accomplished in the state. You don't have to necessarily abandon the state because and this is the case with New York is a really good example of this. Right now, New York is going to be uh, a Donald Trump victory. I mean, unless, you know, a meteor smashes into the earth. So he's up 56 to 20 right now uh, with, I think, Cruz, uh, Kasich at 19. And so there's two things to watch there. One is the 50 percent um, threshold, because the 50 percent threshold is, is, is a big uh, number to get extra delegates for the statewide race. The other thing is a, uh, the 20 percent threshold for um, Cruz and Kasich. If they can get above 20, then it becomes um, a proportional um, race. And, you know, you can knock out uh, huge amounts of gains because just like in football, like you, you go, mm -hmm. if you go, you know, if you're, you know, you're two games up, but you, you uh, lose to the team that's behind you, they can pick up, you know, rate, uh, ground really fast. So it's a weird race, race, and every one of them is different. And there's a there's a site called the Green Papers where you can go and look at all the details of fair. every single one of these races and how they get handed out. And you can stare at it for hours and Doesn't still have fair. no freaking idea when you <laughs> sign off at a site. You have a problem with this, Jeff? That doesn't sound fair. No, it doesn't sound really? fair at all. No, if you win, you should get every delegate. Right. And, right. It should mm -hmm. be a uniform thing. Mm -hmm. This is. This is wrong. It's not fair. Well, I that's, actually, uh, that, I, that's I, what the Democrats like do, Jeffy, when you talk about it being a uniform thing. Yeah, I would like to see it uniform. I, I, I don't know why. I mean, it just seems like it makes more sense if it was one rule. But then you're taking, you're taking choices away from states, which I'm also not in favor of. I know. Uh, but to have this weird thing where sometimes it's proportional and winner-take-all... Sometimes it's proportional. Sometimes it's sort of proportional, but it's not. not fair. Sometimes it is winner take all. Sometimes it's winner take all, but we're thinking about maybe also throwing in some proportional. Sometimes it's county by county. Sometimes it's how I feel that day. Right. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It is. And uh, here's what I think. Well, would... it goes down to it goes does go down to state choice. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. It's a Tenth Amendment, right? It's you know you guys deal with it uh, for the primary season. What might help, though, is what we've talked about before, Stu, and that's going to either a regional or a national primary. Just put this thing. Oh, that would you be know, good. Do four that regions. That would be good. Do four regions. You do, the, you do, I don't know, maybe the west, the midwest, the northeast, and the south. I, I don't know. And then, and, and then, you know, you've done four primaries, and, and you've got a winner. Done. <laughs> yeah, you knock it out in, a, in I don't know, two and a half, three months yep. total time. Uh, you let yep. everyone's vote actually matters, which yes. would be really nice. I mean, you that know, they're talking really about this nice. in, in New York a lot on, on the local news here and saying, you know, look, this is the first time our votes ever mean anything in a primary. And while for certainly for the Republican side of things, right. New York isn't exactly a big part of the picture, typically it, for the Democrats, it is. I mean, the Democrats should have New York have a big voice in this process. And, yeah. and really in the past. There hasn't been much of one. I think it, they said since uh, it was. I think it was the 80s. It was 80, 84 or 88 was the last time they said California really had a voice in this process. And, yes. and when you think about wow. that, that's crazy. New York, it's the largest state. In and the you union. think about that's kind of insane. Yeah. It's the largest state in the union. It's yeah. nuts. It, Texas was the same way until uh, was it. So this year, this, this year, last this might year, be right? the first time that we moved our primary up. It was either this time or last time. I, I can't remember which. But Texas used to be in like 
I, I don't know, uh, September. The year after? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after the general, yeah. we'll do it well, like December 15th or something. And so we didn't figure into it either, and that, that was nonsense. The largest conservative state in the union, and you don't have any say. So for California and Texas not to be involved yeah. in the process is ludicrous. But one of the funny things, too, Pat, about all of this is that there is a, a couple, some of these states, I can't remember what the number is, it's like six or eight states, uh, don't do anything with their vote. They essentially don't have a primary at all. They just, mm -hmm. the, the delegates are just open to just run around and do whatever they want. And as the early votes started happening, people were just like, people. I mean, how ridiculous. Like Colorado was one of the they first can. ones. They can yeah. even they can even murder people. Yes. yes. Um, you're talking about uh, uh, Colorado was one of the early, early ones. Do we have a list of And Colorado had a, no. a, a situation where, I, well, I don't know about that. Um, but uh, yeah, Colorado had a uh, had one of those situations where they just released everybody. They didn't have um, a, a, a voice at all, and their mm -hmm. their vote would have been early. And people were kind of mocking them, you know, why don't you why aren't you holding a vote and having some sort of way of determining what these people do? Well, now they're the center of attention because everyone's right. going to them and saying, "Hey, you guys need to come into my corner." Um, and so, actually, they're going to wind up being a bigger part of the process now because they didn't have any of the votes matter than it would have been if they actually held a normal primary. It's, I mean, this is a freaking bizarre election it's season. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, all right, triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. You know what isn't weird is that you can get solar energy now because it's affordable thanks to Go. So if you want to increase the value of your home, you want to save money at the same time, Go can help you. And what's, what's great about this, as Stu and I have talked about uh, for a while now, is that they'll install the solar panels for $0 out of pocket. Not like it used to be where it's a, a huge investment up front. Uh, $0 investment. No about shipping in and handling, though. No shipping and handling. Really? No, yeah, they bring them. They install them, and then you save 20 to 30% on what you're currently paying. <laughs> That's pretty, it's pretty good. pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, so. it really is. It's, it's one of those things where they have, uh, 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 you know, technology is, is a situation where conservatives are the ones who usually want to push it. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's conservatives who want business to be freed, to be able to pursue these new innovation, innovative mm -hmm. solutions. They're the ones that don't want to throw all sorts of tons of uh, new regulations on every new product that comes out. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, solar power has always been associated with, I don't know, the left because, you know, uh, the, the glo you know, global warming and all that other stuff. Uh, but really, I mean, with conservative principles, it works well with this. And what's great here is that you don't have to take a risk. You go to the website, you fill out the form, you get the information. You don't have to worry about laying out all the cash up front, as you were saying, Pat. And it really frees you up to see if, if Go will work for you and your family. And it is working for tens of thousands of families across America. That's why, Stu, I demand, I demand that you go to Go right now and find out if it's available in your area. GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com is the website. I demand you go there now. GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com. Fill out the form. Get more information. Okay. Can't okay. hurt. Okay? Okay. Find out about the offer. Power your home more affordably with GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com. Go there now! Now! The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment, and 
he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond and they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a thousand agents across the country and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents, I trust it's sent to somebody who already you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is real estate agents. I Welcome to Pat and Stu. Uh, There's a judge that just sent a blistering Black Lives Matter message uh, to a man convicted of attempted murder. Manhattan Judge Edward McLaughlin read the sentence for Tariq Arnold. And when that happened, he uh, added an observation that's getting arguably more attention than the two decades and change Arnold slated to spend behind bars for attempted murder. He said, Black Lives Matter. I have heard it. I know it. But the sad fact is, in this courtroom, so often what happens is manifestations of the fact that black lives don't matter to black people with guns. How about that? Wow. Uh, Arnold, 24, he is black, shot his uh, rival Jamil, or Jamal McCaskill, who is also black, four times at close range last summer. Uh, the Post said, adding Arnold has a prior gun possession conviction, too. He made big headlines after his shooting uh, arrest, escaping from police with his hands cuffed behind his back and knocking an officer to the ground. Uh, and he was, he was gone for almost a month. Uh, I wonder how hard it is to live for more than a month uh, with your hands cuffed behind your back. <laughs> That's got to be tough. I'm guessing he probably had something done, uh, you know, so he wasn't cuffed behind his back for a month. Okay, never mind. Uh, but, you know, I could be wrong on that. So anyway, uh, it'd be nice if... I mean, people... I mean, if you think about it, people really... They eventually start to be able to play piano with their toes. <laughs> I mean, you can really start to adapt to those circumstances pretty quickly there, Jeffy. It's very insightful, Stu. I Thank apologize. You Thank you. Yeah, it's very insightful. So you're not assuming that he had it removed or something. He instead learned to adapt and do things with his feet. That's what you do. <laughs> That's what you do. That's what you're assuming, Stu. Good. Good. Okay. I think that's the way to go. I mean, look, when you have a circumstance that's placed in front of you, or in this case, behind you, and you're uh-huh. not exactly sure right. what to do with that, uh, right. you, you know, you, people uh, in America, Pat, overcome those things, mm-hmm. and they work hard to make sure uh, that, uh, I feel like a politician now, make sure that we can work together to get to the America that we all deserve. That's beautiful. That almost brought a tear to my eye, but not, not quite. quite. Not quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hottest <laughs> Broadway ticket in town. Uh, you're, since you're in New York right now, uh, Stu, this, this this might come as good news to you. There, Hamilton hiring practices are under fire after casting calls uh, solicited for non-white actors. Uh, the hottest Broadway ticket in town is shooting down accusations as casting as racist. Hamilton got some blowback on Wednesday after releasing a cattle call for auditions with specific age 
and race requirements. I mean, they do that all the time, oh, though, right? No. Uh, oh, I thought no. they did. Yeah. Is it so? This is so. Is it is it about Alexander Hamilton? Is that what it is? The trouble started with an open and casting announcement on the blo uh, Blockbuster's website. Hamilton is seeking non-white men and women ages 20s to 30s for Broadway and upcoming tours. The no whites need apply requirement struck some as racist, not to mention illegal under the city's uh, human rights laws. But civil rights attorney Ron Kuby says it's legitimate. Hamilton is about uh, having minority actors in the position of founding fathers. Okay, that's interesting. Can you imagine the opposite of this? Uh, and I'll say, too, oh uh, I actually... I have no problem with them going out and hiring actors that look like the parts that they want to play. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I, would should we go out for Jackie Robinson and take a, a white woman to play Jackie Robinson? No, you need a black mm. dude to play Jackie Robinson. You know, you, you need mm -hmm. people who look when the, when they finally cast Barack Obama in mm -hmm. a movie, which where they will glorify him and make him look like he saved the universe. You're going to have to find someone who looks like Barack Obama. Uh, that is the way this works. It's not exactly a a controversial thing. It's usually um, something that's shielded for entertainment. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we've seen even things where someone like Hooters will go and say, look, I know what the normal hiring equation uh, is, but I can't, I'm not going to bring Jeffy on staff in short shorts and a tank top. I need a woman with, with big boobs. Now, Jeffy has the big boobs part down, but that's mm -hmm. not enough in that particular circumstance, because I will say, however, it's about the though, whole experience. It's not just about... <laughs> it's not just about the boobs. You're right. But this is the opposite of that, because they're casting blacks for white parts. Right. These guys, the founders... Right, but that's what the play is about. You the know, play Alexander is Hamilton about specifically changing that role. white. He was a, a white guy. So, but, what I'm, but can you imagine if... They cast a white actor as MLK. Can you imagine if if they if they cast a white guy to play the part of Malcolm X? I mean, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. What is that? We're reversing the roles. <laughs> yes, I, that, we're reversing be, the roles. There would be outrage like you can't. There'd probably be riots. Uh, they, they'd probably burn Seven Elevens to the ground over this. I mean, it's. But this is fine, I guess. You just you you, you can do it the other way. <laughs> you can do it. But they this uh, this lawyer says it's almost always illegal to advertise on the basis of race. But when you're casting, it can be a bona fide occupational requirement. So it this is perfectly fine, and it's perfectly fine if you want yeah, to. Yeah, it strikes me, Pat, as uh, as something that where they you know it, it probably is illegal. It probably is legal in this sense. Like you probably are able to to cast whoever you want in a play mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, but you're right in that if you tried to do this, it might not be illegal to say, hey, we're going to replace what Martin Luther King with a white dude. But uh, but be... I can tell you that the play will never air. You, right. the, you, you, you will never get that thing off the ground because, the, you know, a ridiculous double standard we've caught. We've talked about a million times. And, you know, it certainly is, you know, maybe not against the law. Uh, but would not be accepted by society. The only, as we've seen with Broadway, Pat, and you're, you're uh, very familiar with, the only people you're allowed to make fun of are white Mormons. I don't know that there's anybody else on, on Broadway you're allowed to You couldn't to even get that made at a community theater these days. You'd be doomed. Mm -hmm. No way. They wouldn't ever let it happen. No. Triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven 727 beck More patents, too, is uh, coming up shortly.
727 Pat and Stu, welcome uh, with Jeffy uh, here and uh, Stu in New York. So uh, even the the folks at uh, Fox, which is pretty much not as much as Breitbart, but basically an arm of the Trump campaign now. They are uh, pretty much, yeah. Oh yeah, pretty much. <laughs> For even they have noticed uh, Trump's stumble on abortion, and their headline is Trump's abortion stumble. The Donald needs more tutoring in the language of conservatives. You think? <laughs> he needs more tutoring in the principles of conservatives as well, because he doesn't have any. So you might want to help him with that as well, uh, our friends over there at Fox. Um, also from the Free yeah, Beacon. Yeah, actually, I would say that the last thing in the world I want him to do is, uh, is, is learn the language of conservatism. I mm. want him to learn the principles. If yes, he learns the language nice. without the principles, that's actually a terrible thing. Yes. And the thing that we've been getting burned by mm. for how long? Right. It's the last thing in the world I want him to do is know the language because the only thing that's mm -hmm. making it so obvious to us that he's not a conservative is because he doesn't know the language. Thank mm. God he doesn't know it, or it might actually be difficult. Yeah, and I, and I think for Fox it would be enough if he just spoke the language so he could fool more people. It's it's bizarre. It's, it's really a bizarre thing. But uh, the Pentagon is now confirming. We told you about this uh, ICBM story from North Korea uh, yesterday. The Pentagon is confirming. And see, I had my doubts that they had long-range missiles, but apparently they do, according to the Pentagon. They say the new North Korean ICBM apparently can reach the U.S. They've developed this new long-range mobile intercontinental ballistic missile, uh, the Pentagon says <clears throat> moves the country's leader, Kim Jong-un, closer to the goal of building missiles capable of striking the U.S. mainland. So I guess they can't yet, but it's closer. Sam against that. I just want you to know. You're against them I striking mean, the U.S. mainland? I am. I'm, with, against, I'm oh. against them making anything that mm -hmm. could do that, and I'm against them doing that. Well, you know, based on the story we had yesterday about famine. It's going to be a while. Uh, maybe they want, might want to concentrate on food for their people rather than missiles for right. us. I mean, they're telling the people, <laughs> prepare for famine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, after you left yesterday to, to catch your flight I, I to New York. I will say that. We, we had the story that yeah. they're preparing for famine in North Korea, Stu. So... Mm, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I will say, though, that this is a pretty direct way to eventually get yourself into the mainstream of sure nations. Is. Because mm. it, the way other countries, with people like Barack Obama... Uh, deal with countries uh, as they're developing nuclear weapons, once you get the nuclear weapons and once you get the ICBMs, all of a sudden people have to take you seriously. Mm -hmm. they, there's nothing else they can do. They have to sit here and treat you with a, a lot of respect that you don't, you haven't earned. Uh, and because not only Obama, but Bush before him and Clinton before him have been so weak with North Korea and handled it so poorly over such a long period of time, mm -hmm. they are able to uh, get themselves inching themselves closer and closer through military force to actually be able to be a first world nation. At some point, if they ever decide to open up trade and, and actually do some things that are even a little bit capitalist in the way that China has, they really could make a dent in, in, in the world and, and be treated 
like a first world nation. And maybe that's what he's trying to do, right? I mean, maybe that's why he's preparing them for famine. He's spending all his money on, on, on getting nukes so that he can turn it around and make his people happy and proud and full uh, and, uh -huh. have, and have full bellies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We were, we were talking yesterday, uh, and I can't remember if we said this on or off the air. Can you remember the last time famine <laughs> was a consideration for, Not in my for house. any legitimate nation on Earth? Famine? I mean... <laughs> Clearly, you and I yeah. are not worried no. about famine right now. No, I didn't even know the word still existed. <laughs> I know. Famine. I, <laughs> when was the last time anybody said, yep, famine alert, uh, seven years of no food? <laughs> what? How, why? That's, how'd that happen? I mean, only in a, a crap hole. It happened hole. because of capitalism, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly right. I mean, when you when you have a country that is jailing Christians uh, to the tune of seventy thousand, there's only three hundred thousand Christians in North Korea by uh, most estimates, and seventy thousand of them. So, what about a fourth uh, are in labor camps right now because they're practicing their faith? Uh, and then you've got a bunch of other political dissidents, probably to the tune of hundreds of thousands of those. And those people, many of them, are starving in these prison camps. And the conditions in the prison camps are not much worse than the prison, than, the, than, than outside the prison camp. Right. I mean, when the, when the conditions are the same in Pyongyang as they are in a, in a prison camp in the middle of the country, you might have some issues with your nation. I don't know. <laughs> I, it might be time to reevaluate the whole communist thing. But they never do. They never seem to. And this is why we get so frustrated with uh, this conversation in general, Pat. Yes. It's like, here we are. We have the ultimate examples of what you should do. You have North Korea and South Korea. You look at the map, at, uh, the globe at night, and there's no lights on in North Korea. Oh, there's yeah. lots of lights right. on in South Korea. <laughs> yeah. You have a situation where China, mm. who was hardcore communist, uh, has given in a little bit and opened up their, uh, their trade mm -hmm. and, and some of the things that they do. Uh, not enough, but enough to let in a little bit of capitalism, and now their people are better off than they've ever been. All the most uh, 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 successful countries on earth, you can almost rank them as if they, the most, the more they've embraced capitalism, the better off they are. It's almost yeah. a direct list from top to bottom. It is, and a direct yet list. we are still here yeah. in a situation where we're having the argument. As to which one of these these uh, systems is better, we're still here where one of the two major parties in the United States has a socialist mm -hmm. who's essentially tied for the nomination mm -hmm. and another one who just won't admit she's a socialist, slightly leading it. It is, it's, it's just infuriating that we have to keep going through this over and over and over again. The science is settled on this particular argument. Well, until little Kim Jong uh, actually... Uh start suffering from famine, which he obviously is not, uh, yeah, we're still going to have to deal with his little But that's, no. that's all the, always the case, though. The, the hierarchy, the, you know, in Russia's case, it was the Politburo. Uh, in China's case, it's the, it's the committee. Uh, in North Korea's case, it's, it's the leadership, whatever they're calling their crap hole leadership right, right. now. It, it, they eat. Right. They are not, they're never going to have a problem, okay? But all of their people do. All of their people have the problem. It is literally, it is literally in those countries. Only the communist party members 
that enjoy the fruits of communism because that's all you can spread it around to. That's where the wealth is spread. It's among the party members. Everybody else suffers abject poverty or death. It's, and, and you're right, Stu, it's so incomprehensible how we could keep having this argument 160 years after Marx came up with this ridiculous theory, um, when it's been time-tested and mother disapproved, it doesn't work. And there's no better example in the world than the side-by-side -side look at North and South Korea. Right. There's no better look. At, in, in I mean, I, I, I guess you can make the argument that back in you know, the early 20th century, there's at least an argument. You'd say, well... These things mm. seem like exciting new ideas, and <laughs> hey, maybe they will work better. Why not try yeah. them? And yeah. I mean, I, every you know, everyone can fall for a sexy idea. I, I, I can understand that. So maybe there was a period in which this was a valid argument, but yeah. over time, you know, when you, know you when lose that the argument was, for decade after decade after decade, that period was maybe 1916 and 17 with Vladimir Lenin. You know, I, I'm sure to his wild imagination, communism looked like a really good thing because life in Russia sucked to begin with, and they were looking for something better. They weren't doing capitalism. They weren't doing a free market. They were doing a czarist system, and it didn't work. So sure, uh, here's something that looks like it spreads the wealth around to everybody, and everybody's equal, and that's what we want to be. And So let's give that a shot. Well, they did, and we've seen the fruits. Yeah, but did they do it so, right? They obviously didn't the do thing. it right. No one has done it right. right. You know why? Well, God, God, you can't. Get it right. You can't do what? it right. You can't do it right. No, it's impossible. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like a, trying to do the uh, the triple option in the NFL. It's like, in theory, you could look at the triple option and say, well, it's indefensible. It will always work. If the guy runs this way, you pitch it to the next guy, and it's always going to be successful. Mm -hmm. Until, A, your quarterback is dead because he's been driven into the ground by a 400-pound defensive lineman. Mm -hmm. uh, and, B, you realize that the other team comes up with a defense to stop it. And it's why, even in college now, there's only a few teams that almost exclusively run that. It's, it, you know, it's not about doing it right. It's about doing something in the, in, when it comes to economics that allows people to be free and allow them to, allows them to pursue things mm -hmm. that they want to do. And it's that passion. When you want to do something, you're going to push through the difficulties uh, when it comes to it. When you, when you, you want to you you be a computer engineer and they make you be a farmer, you know, you're just not going to be passionate about the farming. And probably you're going to have a giant famine like they're going to have in North right. Korea. That's how these things happen. And mm -hmm. That's how they've happened throughout history. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Much more is uh, coming up right here on Pat and Stu. And, uh, this guy over here is not dealing with famine at all. He never dealt with famine in his life. Oh, that's not ever. That is not exactly true. true. You've been four hundred pounds since you were what three. <laughs> Do welcome. Apparently, there's some uh, air pollution problems in Mexico City. I don't know why that would why? be. Why? What? <sighs> why haven't we heard about this? 
They have problems in Mexico? No. <laughs> what? Uh, there, there's a look at uh, some of the congestion that you you uh, are able to enjoy. Man, when do you they get there. look not prepared. Yeah, they're not. They're not ready. Uh, and apparently, there's a lot of cars, there's you know, some smoke going on. And uh, Metropolitan Authorities yesterday ordered all cars to remain idle one day a week in response to this uh, smoggy, worst air quality crisis in over a decade. There you go. Wow. Shut them down. You imagine? If they said that in, let's say, Dallas or New York or Los Angeles, no, you, uh, sorry, you can't take your car today. <laughs> what? What would you do? I mean, I, oh. I, you don't get to work, right? In Dallas, you don't get to work. In Dallas, you don't get to work. In New York, you can get to work. Sure. In L.A., it's probably a little easier. But Dallas, I mean, we do have the DART, the Dallas area rapid transit, but it it doesn't go by my house. No, it doesn't. (laughs) So, But you could probably, Pat, if you walked a couple of miles, mm -hmm. you might be able to catch a bus that would be able to drop you off at another place where you could walk another couple of miles that would then hop a bus to take (laughs) you someplace close to okay. walk to the train station to cop the, hop the train. And how elitist is it of me that I didn't even think the bus? <laughs> I <didn't even laughs> consider a bus. But if you're telling cars not to drive that day, wouldn't you also be stopping bus transportation? Well, you could, or right? would you? Mass transit, you could. Yeah, I guess. Um, so until now, vehicles have been exempt from Mexico City's no, no circulation rules. If owners obtain a holographic sticker from a smog check center, certifying that they're lower emission. But the Environmental Commission of the Megalopolis cross-government agency comprising the capital and surrounding suburbs, together home to uh, more than 20 million people. We were just kind of curious because we saw that Mexico City was 20 million. And I thought Mexico City might be the largest city in the world. I think thought... they were at one time. But we just looked it up, and they're not even close. They're not even top five. Largest city in the world? You know what it is, Stu? Just take a wild... Wild guess, um, largest city in the world. Ding, ding, Metropolitan. It's Dubuque, Iowa. Time, time's up. Dubuque, Iowa. Dubuque. Yeah, no. I wish you could have it, Stu. Sorry, can't have it. Uh, <laughs> it's actually uh, Tokyo, Tokyo, Japan. Thirty-seven point eight million people in one freaking city. Almost 38 <laughs> million people. They are living on top of each other, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We should point out that until uh, pretty recently, it was uh, Coruscant uh, was actually the uh, most populous city. <laughs> yeah, uh, not in this but world, but in, in the anymore. galaxy. I think it's the largest mm-hmm. in the universe because mm-hmm. isn't that a one-city world, right? It's a one-city world. It is an entire planet that's a city, yes. <laughs> Right. That's a big-ass city. You got, what, 10 billion people in it? I mean, that's pretty I mean, Tokyo, big. That's why there was the Fast and Furious movie, right? The, the Tokyo, what was it? The Tokyo, Tokyo Drift. Oh, yeah, Tokyo, Tokyo Drift, Drift yeah. man. Yeah, how could you get the name sorry, wrong of one of the greatest movies I ever know, done? I forgot. Wow. I thought Stu was going to do it. No, you're TV disappointing. TV. You've disappointed me. So anyway, the measure takes effect uh, Tuesday, runs until June 30th. So one day a week for a couple of months, Mexico City residents cannot take their cars anywhere. Well, unless they get the, the holographic sticker, no, right? No, that, so was, how much that was the case. You could do it with a holographic sticker until now. Now you just can't move Even it. with the sticker, you, Even now with you get the shot. sticker, right. Oh, boy. 
now there's a problem. So, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Meanwhile, uh, British health systems are, quote, unprepared for the devastating effects of climate change. Here's the problem with that. If you're not prepared for the devastating effects of climate change by now, it's already it's too, too late. late. You're dead. Look what they're doing in You're Mexico dead. City. Look they're what they're trying doing. to catch up, and they can't. Yeah, dead. Uh, Stu, what happens to those who are unprepared for the devastating effects of climate change? Go ahead and tell us what happens to those people. Uh, well, th those people are going to obviously die. They're uh, going to die a horrible, it's slow, horrible, and painful fiery. death. A death it's be hot that no human being would no. ever want to endure. The sun it's burns a, directly a through your brain, right through your skull. death of torturous, slow, mm -hmm. right deadly pain that yes. just digs into your veins and then melts your skin exactly. off of mm -hmm. your Your brain oozes out your ears. Uh, I actually heard a report this morning on, uh, on New York radio where... They were saying now, uh, now they're saying climate scientists are, they've made a mistake yet again. They, they never admit mistakes when it goes the other way, but they've made a mistake oh, no. again. And I this time, sea level <laughs> rise is going to happen even faster than we initially expected. Of course. This, of course. This it's always that way. Did you see the story this It was either this week or late last week where they said there's been no sea level rise in the last 20 years. Did you see that story or but, not? But it's building up is what's happening. It's going, it's going to happen. Fast. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Yeah, this is like uh, sandbagging. You know what? This, the, this, the sea level is sandbagging you. It's sandbagging it's not gonna us? It's not going to rise. It's not going to rise. Boom! So the sea, the sea has a will right now. <laughs> right. It's just tricking us. That's correct. Wow, I hate when that happens. I know. I hate when that I happens. Know. Well, well it's the only way it would way. make sense. If Barack Obama was essentially going to convince it into getting lower, yeah, uh, it must true. have a personality or a will as reacting to world events. Uh, as extreme weather events, such as flooding or heat waves, become more common, the UK Health Alliance on Climate Change, and I'm glad they have one. The Health Alliance. Because this is what we yes. lack here in America, right. is the American Health Alliance on Climate Change, but they have one in the UK. <clears throat> they urge ministers not to, quote, wait for disaster, unquote, before acting. The new alliance, made up of leading health bodies, including royal colleges, medical faculties, medical publications, and doctors' organizations, called on the government to be properly prepared. The alliance said climate change is very much a U.K. health issue because of factors such as the impact of flooding on mental health to spread the new infectious diseases. Oh boy. I say this doesn't go nearly far enough. <laughs> I say it doesn't go far enough. Climate change is not just, what do they call it, um, very much a UK health issue. It is the most severe security threat the United States of America faces. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm sick of people who deny that. You're not that. making fun of it. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, Thank you, Stu. That assessment is truth, Pat. And, and I think mm -hmm. one of the interesting <laughs> things you think about is like when you have an animal who's uh, in pain, mm -hmm. you know, you might in certain cir circumstances have to put it down. That's what we should do to the earth. I think we should just blow the whole thing up, put it out, <laughs> put it out of its misery now. Wow, that was beautiful. Because you know what that would do? That would not hurt the earth. It would hurt the infection on it. <laughs> the human beings would have to go away, which is what has to happen in order for the Earth to survive. Thank you, Stu. That was beautiful. Uh, more patents, Stu.
888 It's Pat and Stu. Uh, you know, Stu's always fascinated with stats on, uh, well, virtually everything, but I, I think especially like elect- elections, right? You, you enjoy election stats. Stu, uh, do you like stats on, like, populations? We, we stumbled onto this stupid population of cities thing. <laughs> And it's got me completely all distracted. From, all from the size of Mexico City. Yeah, because uh, I'm always fascinated by that. I don't, I don't know why, but any list of the largest, the biggest, the most, I'm always fascinated by. Um, and we, we mentioned that Mexico City was having this smog alert, and so they shut everything down. And I, we thought for a minute it I might thought, have been the largest to, city I, in the world. At one point, I, I don't remember, you know, it must have been a thousand years, could have been a thousand years ago. Mexico City was one of the, you know, a... The biggest city in the world, I thought. Yeah, not even top ten. Not even close. Not even, not top even 10. close. Uh, uh, Tokyo. <laughs> not even close. Tokyo, Yokohama. Okay, <laughs> great Jeff Fisher stat not there. Even close. It got, at one, one point. Of, it could have been a thousand you, years ago. <laughs> Mexico City was one of the biggest cities in the world. Thank you. I thought. Thank you. I did. Thank you. <laughs> you really nailed it. Thank you. Because I think that was an accurate statement. Uh, but I'm not <laughs> I sure. I believe that it was. Uh, but number one, Tokyo at about 38 million. We talked about that. Then Jakarta, Indonesia at 30 million. Delhi in India, which used to be New Delhi, right? But it's not new anymore. They've, this is actually a place that took away the new? Yeah, they did. Uh, you, no radio Bless station them. has ever taken away Bless the new. Them. The new country, 95.6, stays new for, what, 38 years? They never removed that. But New Delhi finally New Delhi. removed the new. It's just Delhi. Are they still playing the same music? Uh, yes. Okay. They still play the same style. Indian music. Um, then there's uh, number four, Manila in the Philippines, 24 million. Seoul, South Korea, 23. Oh, yeah. Shanghai uh, Ch- in China, of course, 23 million. Karachi, Pakistan, followed by Beijing. New York City is number nine at 20,600,000. Uh, city I'm not sure I'm that familiar with, Guangzhou. I love Guangzhou. In China? Yeah, I love Guangzhou. To, uh, number 10, Sao Paulo, Brazil, which I never would have guessed is a city of 20 million people. Then you get to Mexico City. Uh, then Mumbai, which has got to be lovely this time of year. Oh. I, man, there's a place in the world. Uh, it's Mumbai. <laughs> which is a place in the world, right? <laughs> Uh, Osaka, Japan, is number fourteen, followed by Moscow, Dhaka, Bangladesh. I've, I'm not sure. I'm terribly familiar with Dhaka. Uh, Cairo in Egypt is number seventeen, followed by Los Angeles, at fifteen million people. Number eighteen, Bangkok, Thailand, uh, Kolkata, India, Buenos Aires, Argentina, Tehran. I would have never guessed Tehran is a city of thirteen million. Would you? That's, I would not have guessed the 13 million, no, but that's a big city. Uh, Istanbul, Lagos, Shenzhen, I have very little. Rio. You, know, you read all these cities. I'm trying to think. There might be one that I would say, yeah, maybe I'd like to go there. Well, which one? Moscow. You'd like to go to Moscow? I'd like to see Moscow. Yeah. Uh, I don't see anywhere on this list uh, Manawa, Nirawa. It's, uh, it's not one of the largest, apparently. Yeah. Houston, Texas, number uh, 63 on the list. Coming in at number 63 <laughs> with a bullet. Pat, have you uh, seen as text. you're researching this list, and you may, I may have mm-hmm. just missed it as you were reading it, but uh, Pocatello, Idaho, where does that come from? Pocatello in? is number 16 largest city in the world. Still top 20. <laughs> Still top 20. It's dropped a little. <laughs> it's number 16 in, in, in potato production, I think. Uh, but uh, people-wise, 
uh, I don't think it's in the top 36 million uh, cities. So uh, we'll look into that. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Last night, Glenn had a fun, 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 fun show. He referenced a few times today, and he's like, you guys need to watch this. We have to watch it. And so now we get a chance to, and really... Uh, be depressed because no, Harry, be. Harry Dent was on last night to talk about the coming collapse. And now it's going to be much bigger than 08 and 09. Uh, so <laughs> here's that fun. So, <laughs> you could take the information from today's show that you'll learn and share it with your family and your friends. And you can prepare yourself um, both financially and physically and spiritually for what could be the Greater Depression, the next economic collapse. I want to introduce you to Harry Dent. Harry, was you were on the show with me at Fox a few times, yeah. were you not? Um, he's the author of The Demographic, Demographic Cliff and the editor of the free newsletter Economy and Markets. And his recent article is economyandmarkets.com. It gives us a, 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 um, a glimpse of the next big economic crash. Uh, and you said... I wanted to get you on because you said it's likely just ahead, and you have been really right in the past, but nobody really wants to talk about it. Yeah. It is tougher now that the government has hijacked the economy. Basically, yes. the central banks have taken over the financial markets. They right. set interest rates at zero, short and long term, and that affects everything else, the value of stocks, real estate, and everything else. And special interests have hijacked democracy. So the two things that have made us great over the last two and a half centuries are basically being taken over to prevent this bubble that was created by a lot of government policies, a lot of Wall Street policies, and even consumers getting a little greedy. This bubble started to burst in 2008, as we warned 20 years before that. And governments just said, no, we're not going to let it happen. So, so now the thing is, okay, we know we're in a bubble, and I'm going to show we're in another bubble, bigger bubble. When's it going to burst? And my indicators are starting to say, boy, it looks really close now. After six years of nonstop, we're just going to, for every dollar the stock market falls or the economy falls or whatever, we're just going to throw another dollar in. So we've had like $10, 12000000000000 trillion of money created out of nowhere to throw in the economy. I mean, I don't know if anybody different than me, but I, I learned you don't get something for nothing no. in life. No. And that's what they're doing. This is a something for nothing recovery. And, and We made it in, in 08. We made it much worse, and we never created, or we never corrected the problems exactly. that we had, and we made all the banks that were too big to fail then, they're even bigger, bigger. now. And, and we have more debt. Worldwide, we accumulated as much debt since the 2008 crash as we did from 2002 to 2007 into the last bubble. More of this has come overseas, but still, we've created much more debt. We never let the debt then deleverage. We never restructured our economy. See, the thing is, the free market system knows how to deal with imbalances. It yes. knows how to correct itself, just mm -hmm. like your body does if you get sick or something mm -hmm. or eat something toxic. body knows how to do it. Now, you can give it some help if you're smart, and governments could have policies that help us restructure this debt in a more civilized way. But if they didn't, the markets, like in the Great Depression, Great Depression restructured our debt over 50%. Boom. In a matter of years, it was painful, but we came out of it the strongest country and the greatest boom in history. So there are natural systems. There are fundamentals. What's different about what I do, I am not an economist by training. I studied business, everything, marketing, finance, accounting, you name it. 
production, economics. And, and I consulted to Fortune 100 companies. I consulted to New Ventures. I've started companies. Um, I've invested in companies. I've done everything in the economy you can do almost. So I come from the economy is driven by consumers, number one, businesses, number two, and government last. Consumers act, businesses act, governments react. Economists think government policies drive the economy. If you lower right. interest rates, us Pavlonian consumers right. will run out and spend a bunch of money. Well, sometimes, but tell me why we bought record numbers of houses back in the late 70s with 16% mortgage rates. People bought houses because that's when their family cycle dictated. That's when people spend money. So I study demographics, the family cycle, something anybody can understand. Um, and I can tell you from cradle to grave what the average person does. I can't tell you what you're going to do. But like a life insurance actuary, if, if I, I say people, the, people are predictable. Decades in the future, life insurance actuaries say, of course, you're going to die at 79.6 if you're the average person. I can do that for everything. Potato chips, 42. Workforce entry, 20. Buy the first home, 31. Get married, 26. Big home, you know, 41. Peak spending, 46. When do people vacation the most? 60. But cruise ships, when they get sick of traveling, get on a cruise ship, stuff people with food, they're happy, age 70. Best, last place the baby boomers are going to spend? Nursing homes. There will never, ever be enough nursing homes for the next three decades. You want to get in a good business or invest in a good business, that's that. So our thing is you can see the future. Yeah, government policies matter short term. Now we've got massive policies that matter longer than that and are keeping a bubble going. But you can see the future by understanding what people like you do predictably as they age, especially in developed countries. You saw the crash of 08. Yeah, in 1988, we forecast that. So what, was, what did you see? Because what we believe happened was we overspent on houses. We, 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 we just... It, we, we did all these crazy things. We did that things. before 2007 and 8. Right. We did that by 2005. Right. We were buying houses. We over-leveraged. The banks over-leveraged. Everybody was, was out of their mind just yeah. buying and selling things that they shouldn't be buying and selling. Um, and then the oil shot through. The economy couldn't hold it together, and it crashed. What did you see in 88? Because you couldn't have seen that. Or did you? Well, let me bring up my first chart. Okay. It's a very simple chart. It's the consumer spending cycle by age. Yes, right. right there. So people enter the workforce on average age 20. Now, some of those are 18 out of high school, some of those 22 out of college and blah, blah, blah. But 20 on average. Look how sharp spending goes up. Young people don't add to the economy. They cause. They cause inflation. Biggest single cause of inflation. The 70s was baby boomers in school, in college, spending their parents' money and producing nothing. That's inflation. All costs, no production. So the boom started in 83, sharp spending wave, as they're getting married, having kids, buying their first house. And then our first kind of slowdown was in 2000. Well, that's when housing peaks. Housing peaks ahead of the economy. And then we kind of grew slower into 2007. 46 is the peak in spending of the average family. Now, if you're very affluent, it's, it's 54. But if you're the average person... 46. That hit in 2007. So we were saying way back when I did this research in the 80s 
that around late 2007, baby boomers would be done with their incredibly strong spending cycle. And of course, that's leveraged by debt. People borrow money from mortgages. And the better an economy does, the more people start speculating, too. Oh, I'm not just going to buy my home. I'm going to buy a condo and rent it out and flip it mm -hmm. in four years. And, you know, on mm -hmm. and on. And Wall Street packages up this stuff. And then people, you know, speculate in that. So that's natural. That happened in the roaring 20s and every great boom in history. But this boom, we said from the beginning, 1983, 2007, then the baby boomers are going to spend less and less as their kids leave the nest and they save for retirement. So that's what happened. 2008, yeah, we had bubble bursts and bubbles started to burst in housing in 2006. We predicted that in late 2005 in our newsletter because housing peaks earlier. Um, so the economy started to weaken. Now, when it weakened in 2008, guess what happened? Oh, the housing bubble starts to crack and, and people start to default and, and, and debt start to deleverage and, and stocks, which are bubbled up, start to fall rapidly. It took something to trigger it. And that was partially a lot of that was demographics. So for the first time in history, what the government did, which they didn't do even in the Great Depression or, or in any other recession we've had, they just decided we're just going to print money. We're just going to throw trillions of dollars in the system. That keeps the banks from going under. We're going to tell the banks, oh, you don't have to mark your lo loans down the market. Guess who that killed? The consumer. If people who the banks had lent too much, sophisticated banks lent too much to m many unsophisticated people, had to write those mortgages down in the value of the house, people would have gotten mortgage relief, and bank shareholders and bondholders would have had to take that. That's what the free market system would have done. Right. Governments say, no, here's free money. Now they can speculate and invest that. They don't lend money much anymore. They speculate. And at zero interest rates, that's really easy to do. So now we got another great bubble, which I'll look at a little later. But this quantitative easing and zero interest rate caused an artificial recovery. And it's all gone to the top 1% to 10%. They're the ones that own all the financial assets that are bubbling up. Homer Simpson has seen their wages only go down adjusted for inflation. And they don't have that much. They have their home, but they don't have that much in stocks and, and, and financial right. assets. So it's made the inequality worse which is what Trump and Sanders on both sides are playing on. And, and it's created an artificial economy. The worst thing, it's created another greater bubble. And bubbles only do one thing, Glenn. I've studied every bubble back to the 1600s and everything from tulips to real estate, commodities, stocks. They burst. They don't correct. They don't come down slowly. And China's already learning this. Their market just crashed 50% in a few months while they're buying their own stocks. And it's going to crash again soon. Same thing happened in the early 20s. Bubbles burst. And that's what I'm warning people about. I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but the signs I'll, I'll talk about, it looks like it's getting ready to happen sooner than later. In fact, I think this summer you're likely to see some fireworks. And I think that's going to affect the, the, uh, the primaries. And I think in November it's going to affect the, the elections to a good degree. Huh. Yeah, that was fun. Wasn't that fun? That information fun. is uplifting. That's fun. Uplifting. Of course, it doesn't help not to know. It, in fact, it hurts. If you, if you don't know, you don't prepare. It's like, you know, in the U.K., they haven't prepared for, for catastrophic, disastrous no, climate change. They're preparing They're dead for already. famine in North Korea. Right. Right. Famine. Famine. So, be prepared. Triple eight seven two seven Beck and uh, Pat and Stu. One of the ways you can prepare right now is with a four-week emergency food supply for only ninety nine dollars. If this doesn't sound smart to you after that interview, <laughs> whew, 
Oof, it never will. Uh, you get 140 servings of food. And, and they say that that's four weeks. Yeah, for, I mean, for the, the, of course, all the Jeffy rolls apply here. For Jeffy, it's about a I mean, uh, minute and a half. 140? Right? How long is Ooh, that for you? That's not four weeks. <laughs> no. I guarantee you. Not four weeks. <laughs> no, it's definitely not four weeks for Jeffy. No. But I, I don't know if there's ever been a, a better timed commercial. Uh, coming out no, of that kidding. segment with uh, yeah. Glenn and, and Harry Dent uh, than this one. I mean, really, you want to look at, you know, our society, while uh, capitalism has produced uh, a wonderful society where, you know, we're richer than we've ever been before, uh, you know, government gets in the way and it, can, it puts us on these paths that really bad things can happen. And you might want to be prepared. Four mm -hmm. weeks of food is a really easy, basic step you can do for $99. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it could be a week of food uh, for four family members that can get you through a hurricane or uh, something that's uh, maybe a, a food uh, supply disruption that's on a shorter term. It's a great mm -hmm. way to get started, and My Patriot Supply does it better than anybody. Yeah, and then once you've got the start, you got your foot in the door, then you start to think, okay, well, now I'm prepared for a month. Maybe now I'll prepare for six months or a year, perhaps, uh, which is what's been recommended by my people for a long time. Call 888-411-5290 right now or go online at preparewiththeblaze.com. That's a limit of two per caller. Again, it's a four-week, it's a Jeffy rule, but a four-week supply of food for most normal human beings, $99. 888-411-5290. Call right now or go online at preparewiththeblaze.com. It's Pat and Stu, uh, Jeffy, 888-727-BECK. Uh, the Saudi government wants to uh, execute gay people who show their sexuality in public and online. Well, here's the thing then. <clears throat> you just don't show your sexuality. Right? Okay. I mean, is that a big deal? If you're not doing anything wrong, you should got nothing to hide. You shouldn't worry about it, right? So just don't kiss anybody where somebody can see you, Right? Just be quiet about it. <laughs> Why is it so hard? Who's making Why, it so hard? How is it possible that we're always, you know, this is the country that's so discriminatory. This is the nation that is so awful Thank and so you. bad and so racist and so homophobic and so Islamophobic and blah, 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 blah. And then you've got this kind of stuff going on and nobody talks about it. Uh, we're allowing anyone at any time to use any restroom and we're the haters. Yes, right. The government in the Sunni kingdom is reportedly demanding tougher punishments on those found guilty and uh, claimed social media has caused a boom in homosexuality. If there's anything that causes homosexuality, it would be social media. <laughs> I mean, we've got studies on that, don't we, Stu? How many, how many studies have you seen on that lately? Um, all together. I mean, count them carefully. Uh, yeah, we do have a new... Um 94% of Twitter users uh, have turned gay in the last six months. <laughs> is it 94? Uh, that's a stat wow. that no one is telling you. Uh, 94%. Now, on Instagram, uh, it's 93%. And over on okay. MySpace, it's 3%. Uh, Holy I don't know cow. why MySpace is like super hetero it's these days. Uh, but uh, Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. So I don't know why that is. Uh, but... Uh, 
<laughs> uh, the doctor, it comes after a Saudi man was arrested this week when he raised the rainbow flag outside of his home. This is such an interesting story because the mm -hmm. doctor was um, arrested mm -hmm. by religious police within hours of hoisting the flag, but he was released shortly afterwards because he had no idea that the rainbow flag had anything to do with gay people. He just liked the rainbows, um, which is kind of an interesting huh. thing because really we have come to the point in which the rainbow is completely now yep. uh, oh, a symbol mm -hmm. of gay rights sure. and is no longer mm -hmm. like all of the colors. Like, I, I, we really, it, it, that's all it means. Like, you can't wear a shirt that is uh, um, a, has a rainbow on it or, or really do anything without, with a rainbow unless you want to make a statement about gay rights, which obviously is fine if you want to do that. But it's like, when did that, it really has taken over uh, that, that entire symbol, just like, I guess, the word gay, it, the same way is that that's been taken over. Um, I, it's kind of interesting. I, I mean, I didn't know that it had escaped and, and kind of done the same thing all across the world. Obviously, that is, is in yeah. Saudi Arabia, people yeah. are getting arrested for having flags of rainbows. It's amazing. It is. Um, I, I find this fascinating, too. Currently, the Saudi government hands out fines, prison sentences, and whipping for being openly gay. A second conviction. So, okay, you've, you've been caught. You've been fined, or you spent some time in prison because you're gay. Or you've been whipped. Or you've been whipped. Now, if you do it again, a second conviction is an automatic... Whipping? And, double whipping? And, triple whipping? Execution. <laughs> execution. Holy crap. That's, although... Wow. Although, vigilante executions are also common. <laughs> so... Well, they're, they're helpers. <laughs> they're helpers. They're helpers. So you might just get a gang of people who see your rainbow flag, and they might just drag you outside your house and kill you. Even if you didn't know what the rainbow Even flag Even if you didn't know meant. what the rainbow... But, and that'd be okay, because, you know, it's pretty common. Uh, Judges so. have told me, or I mean, told people. <laughs> I was going to go know. into a rant about how <laughs> Jeffy's websites also have uh, whips that punish people, but let me go a different direction. <laughs> okay. And talk about for a second how insane this world is yes. that we are in a place mm -hmm. where Georgia is overturning a law in which pastors are would would have be would have freedom to not. Ha engage in gay marriages if they wanted to in their own churches. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to have gay marriages in their churches. They would they wouldn't be forced by the state to do so in a in a country that has a religious freedom first amendment mm -hmm. that gets overturned by a Republican governor. Mm -hmm. While at the same time we have a, a a state in the Middle East and there are many of these who for two violations of the homosexuality laws will result in execution, and really before that, probably um, a, a vigilante execution. And we can't get people to take Islamic extremism seriously. Now, what a crazy freaking world this is, where the same people who were criticized Georgia will not get on board for taking ISIS and these extremists across the Middle East <clears throat> seriously. <clears throat> it's, it's criminal. It, it honestly is. And, you know, as you mentioned, some of the uh, ridiculous things when, when compared to what Saudi Arabia is doing to homosexuals. Then you have this conservative professor in, uh, at Marquette University who believes in uh, man, one man, one woman marriage, traditional marriage. And apparently he's a proponent of it. And he's 
actually express that to somebody. Um, well, he must now confess his guilt for his uh, political views, or he'll be fired. Isn't Marquette, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, is Marquette not a Catholic school? Ooh. Isn't? I don't know that. I, they seem to have a cathedral oh. as a part of their uh, logo. So I'm pretty sure it is Catholic school. And you can't believe in traditional marriage at a Catholic university without confessing your guilt or being fired? Wow. Uh, actually, one of the professors, all he did was defend a student's view of traditional marriage against a leftist philosophy instructor. Um, and the philosophy instructor deemed it homophobic. Uh, Marquette University has threatened the conservative professor's job unless he confesses guilt for being reckless and causing harm to the, the offended instructor. I, I mean, you know, this is mind-numbing. Mind-numbing. By the way, Marquette is a Catholic and Jesuit university located mm -hmm. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Jesuit, offers over 80 it. majors yeah. and is nationally and internationally recognized mm -hmm. colleges and schools. I will say this, however, mm -hmm. um, while we can sit here and bash Marquette University all we want, they are also the source of the latest poll that has Ted Cruz up 10 points. So I'm going to give them a pass on this today. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. <laughs> Plus, Jesuit University explains a lot. Those guys are libs, man. They are out there a ways. I don't even know how they're Catholic, really, anymore. Fordham's the same way. Fordham's a Jesuit school as well, and super, super progressive liberal. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. There is more fun on the way on Pat and Stu momentarily. <laughs> so... Jeffy's battling about something. What, okay. What is your deal well, on Well, you're this? talking about Saudi Arabia and just the mm -hmm. second, second, uh, second offense that kill you. Yeah. That's it. A second offense for being homosexual. Right. Openly okay. homosexual, well, they kill you. We're so bad here in the United States that an Illinois inn was fined $80,000 for refusing to host a gay civil union ceremony. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, they refused to do this in 2011. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the Supreme Court made the law in 2015, right? And now they're being fined in 2016 for something that happened in 2011. That's how awful the United States is. Yeah, because... I don't understand. So what you're saying, essentially, was uh, gay marriage was illegal. Oh, that's correct. When they refused to do it. Oh, that's correct. And uh, they, wow. uh, the inn said, yeah, that's, uh, that's, no, we're not going to hold the ceremony here. No. It's, well, it's the exact same situation that's happened in Oregon with the bakers that we continually hear about, the uh, Kleins. 
Because when they were asked to do the cake for the gay wedding in Oregon, uh, same-sex marriage was illegal there. It, right? I Am I remembering so. that incorrectly? It wasn't, it if wasn't I remember, legal in Oregon. If I remember right, Pat, it, not only was it illegal, it was unconstitutional yeah. in the state <laughs> at the time. It was yeah. uh, actually, they had a, I mean, I mean that's just, it's that's just absurd. And, and, and not to mention the idea, first of all, that it's a ridiculous charge. I can't remember what state you said this was in, in Jeffy, but the idea that it's retroactive. I mean, it's re- mm-hmm. Illinois, it's retroactive to a point where, uh, I mean, you can't, that's not the way the law is supposed to work. You're supposed to be protected from exactly that scenario. If they change a law after you do something, you are clear of the charge. You didn't break the law because the law didn't exist at the time. Yeah, it, you know, but that's apparently not the case in the United States of America. Uh, I, I guess you can now be charged or fined retroactively or for a future law that's coming or... Yeah, wow. I mean, well, he shouldn't have said, you know, I was reading this story. The owner of the of the Timber Creek, uh, he sent an email turning down the wedding or the, you know, same the union because uh, he said the email said homosexuality is immoral and unnatural. I'm not performing the union. <laughs> so they have an email. Now, what's good oh, is boy. that the couple is uh, oh, they're boy. very happy that no other couple will have to experience what we experienced by being turned away. <laughs> It's really something. So, I mean, y- you should know, though, that you can't say that to people, right? I mean, well, if you, I mean, you can, but you will be punished for it. You will be punished. You will lose your livelihood. Uh, you will be fined, as he was. Uh, even if it's not against the law, you're, you're going to be ostracized. You're probably going to Five be- years later, they're waving this email in front of his face that's crazy look what you wrote yeah you're gonna owe me money i've been i've been i've been horrified for the last five years the lesbians in oregon received a hundred and thirty six thousand dollars from the clients hundred and thirty six thousand they had to be paid directly by the clients the clients were even uh uh they were appealing the case and oh yeah and so because they hadn't paid yet because they were appealing the case they had their uh, funds confiscated. They had three different bank accounts, and they were all confiscated by the state until they paid. And so they finally they just gave them the hundred thirty six thousand dollars. And I think they're still fighting. One of the good ways you can approach situations like this, Pat, is to do the kind of Jeffy approach and just never have money in a bank account. <laughs> uh, makes it a lot easier. Right. That's a good point. Uh, so well, people still try to take it from you. <laughs> Uh, we got this uh, weird story from Mental Floss about uh, brutal but hilarious uh, insults of adorable animals. Yeah, I'm not sure that applies to a rhinoceros, but uh, what? do you find that to be what we've got there on the screen, adorable? No. No, I don't either. Um, here's what, uh, who said this? Rhinoceros are truculent, blustering beasts. Much the most stupid of all the dangerous game I know. Who said that? Yes, you guessed it. (laughs) Survey says... Theodore Roosevelt! (laughs) Uh, The context, Roosevelt was one of the animal lovers who also liked shooting animals. 
Uh, in his autobiography, he reminisces at length about his hunting hobby. Chapter 2, The Vigor of Life, offers plenty of advice on how to bring down everything from grizzlies to elephants. While Roosevelt personally had no difficulties with lions, he recounted several close calls with angry rhinos. It seems to me that rhinos are the most dangerous to humans. Isn't that right? Or is it hippos? Maybe that's hippos. No. It's either hippos or rhinos that kill I mean, more hippos humans don't than have a giant animal. thing on their on their no they don't on their forehead. But I guess they're mean little creatures. They they get a little angry if you're in their little pond or whatever they do. Uh, so you don't want to come in contact with an angry hippo. Oh, uh, no, it's got to be the rhinoceros, right? Yeah. Generally, the attitude is one of mere stupidity and bluff, he wrote. But on occasions, they do charge wickedly, both uh, when wounded and when entirely unprovoked. He would know. After leaving the White House in 1909, Roosevelt and his son Kermit... Well, there's your problem. The kid's name is Kermit. Doesn't work. Of course the rhino's going to get... That's a name that, that nobody uses anymore. <laughs> it really is. The frog killed that. <laughs> Jim Henson killed the he hell did. out of that name. Yes, he did. He did. Uh, so he and Kermit went on a, uh, an African hunting expedition on which they killed 512 animals. Wow. Wow. Including 11 black rhinos and 9 white ones. A dentist killed a lion a year ago and can't work anymore. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Modern readers might have a hard time believing this, but the whole trip was seen as conservation-oriented at the time. After all, Teddy's foray was sponsored by the Smithsonian, which he rewarded with more than 23,000 valuable specimens, 11,000 of which were animals. God, that's amazing. <laughs> it's really something. It really is. Uh, it's and that whole story is amazing. First of all, uh, it, there's no wonder that Theodore Roosevelt's son did not repeat the success uh, in politics uh, that his dad did right. when his name was, was Kermit. Kermit. Yeah. And I think I find it interesting that we actually are blaming the frog for ruining the name Kermit when Kermit Gosnell uh, murdered about... 50 people, and everyone's like, eh, well, you know, that yeah, damn He should have been named that. Uh, that okay. Frog. <laughs> it's his own fault. All right, uh, next up is uh, Ernest Scott. Uh, he said, that strange little animal of zo uh, oh God, zoological perversities uh, about platypuses. Now, the duck-billed platypus is one of my favorite animals, actually. I think uh, it's a pretty badass animal, uh, but not according to Ernest Scott. Uh, he said, you don't need to be, uh, the, the mental flaws writes, you don't have to be a biologist to appreciate how the platypus's discovery uh, confounded animal experts. And in January 1939, Ernest Scott, the first and so far only historian to head the Australian and New Zealand Society for the Advancement of Science. And that is, wow. I mean, I know, Pat, you have um, uh, a bumper sticker on your car that praises his co-chair of the Austrian, Australian and New Zealand Society for the Advancement oh, yeah. of Science. Mm -hmm. He gave a lecture on the platypus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that strange little animal of zoological, zoological perversities. In his word, the platypus is a historical character. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a pretty cool-looking thing. It kind of, I feel like it's one of those situations like, you know, when they, uh, I believe it was a documentary I saw on television uh, that uh, showed uh, how they came up with the Reese's peanut butter cup, which was someone was carrying a jar of peanut butter and someone with a chocolate bar sort of fell into the, into mm. the peanut butter, and then they well, that there's the Reese's peanut butter cup. It kind of feels like that's kind of what happened with the platypus. They had like a bunch of spare animal parts, and kind of just God just yeah. sort of threw them together. Yeah, and you got like beaver the duck tail. beak, and it's like a beaver on the back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it doesn't really make any sense, but I do like it. Yeah, it's a it's a weird looking thing. 
Uh, also, uh, who said, who said? Uh, hermaphroditic self-eating devourer of the dead? And it wasn't me. Quote. It, it, was not, it was not, it was not me. you. It was Ernest Hemingway. Um, the target was hyenas. And the context was that these mammals were getting bad press uh, long before Lion King. Ernest Hemingway had an unflattering uh, outlook on hyenas. In 1935, he released The Green Hills of Africa, which chronicles a safari the author had embarked on two years earlier. Um, and so he, in this book, called the hyena a hermaphroditic, self-eating devourer of the dead, trailer of calving cows, hamstringer, potential biter off of your finger at night while you slept, sad yowler, Camp follower, stinking fowl with jaws that crack the bones, the lion leaves, belly dragging, loping away on the on the brown plain. Uh, wow. So I, I guess he really liked him. He was a fan. Yeah, he was a fan. Uh, though it was a takedown fit for Comedy Central, uh, Hemingway didn't have his facts straight, while female hyenas, <laughs> they, they do have, I guess, pseudo-penises. Um, but these animals are no hermaphrodites. <laughs> so somebody actually fact-checked his criticism Come on. of the hyena, which seems uh, kind of stupid. Yes, it does. Also, they're not above scavenging. Mm. The predators actively kill. Uh, while they're not above scavenging, they do actively kill 95% of their meals. So, you know, don't don't be too hard on a hyena. Uh, I don't know why, because I, I mean, don't really it, care. It seems like, after the whole hermaphrodite animal discussion, that mm -hmm. this would be a good time for a commercial. does seem that way, doesn't really? it? Really? Because so like, uh, I was right going to send them to yeah. a couple of my websites. No, I don't uh, think we have yeah, time go, for that. Go to, uh, commercial. Right the first back. one I was I thinking of. Coming up here. I don't like usually saying www, but uh, probably is there, there is a dot there, like a period? Yeah, there's a dot. Double and you so go to Jeffy's or four. Wait, w w w w w Pat Stu. Now, Stu is in New York because he went to a special show last night of two guys who used to work together on the right? radio in New York City. Uh, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. I'm very, I was very excited about it. The Mike uh, and the Mad Dog I believe show. A, a important moment in radio history. Mm -hmm. Mike and the Mad Dog uh, together again. Uh, they're, if you don't know them, sports radio show in New York. I grew up watching them. Uh, I'm a huge fan of their uh, show uh, from for many many years. Mm -hmm. And in fact, like they're you know sort of partially an inspiration on you know me getting into this business in the first place. Uh, mm -hmm. And so they they did a show together for 19 years in New York and um, wound up. Uh, splitting up, uh, Chris went to uh, Sirius, and Mike is uh, still at the same station, WFAN, in New York. They hate each other. Um, for but they got back together for a big charity event last night, and uh, and it was really cool. Five thousand people in Radio City Music Hall, and wow. uh, I mean, sold out. It was it, it was really cool. Mm. Lots of big New York sports celebrities were there. Like, it was I, it was awesome. I'm really happy I got to it. It was like really who cool. who who was um, there? For instance, yeah, there was lots of. They did a lot of coaches. They did. Um, 
They did uh, uh, Tom Coughlin, Joe Torre, uh, Mark Messier. They had uh, uh, Jeff Van Gundy was there, was the big Knicks coach throughout mm. that period. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, uh, who else? Oh, Bobby Valentine, Mets manager, was there as well. He was uh, really funny. Hmm. Um, then lots of them in the crowd, too. They kept just shooting him in the crowd. It was, you know, um, uh, one of the really funny ones was Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was the coach of the Jets last year, who they just taunted throughout the entire evening to sign his contract. Uh, and they just kept cutting to him, and his face was like, "Oh no!" In the in the audience, it was, but it was a really cool, a really cool night. Huh? That yeah, sounds fun. They bring you up on stage. Let's talk a little bit. Say, Stu, thanks for being supportive. We're no. we're glad that we were an inspiration no. to you. I mean, especially since you're a Canadian, they don't know I exist. Canadian, I mean, you're a sports a celebrity. Right. They, don't, they don't know who you are. How is that even? Possible. Well, the, the show airs in the United States, Pat. Right, uh, yeah, this is, if it was a Canadian sports show, then <laughs> okay. because of the catch, I would be very well known right. and celebrated throughout sure. the entire venue. Sure. All right. Uh, did they seem like they like each other again? Because I understand that they wound up That's not liking thought. each other so much. Did it, did it seem like they were friendly or not so much? Yeah, they went through a lot of this. That was because they took questions from the audience, you know, through social media and stuff. And w- one of the things they talked about was they had they said they had three big fights uh, throughout, like the, three big fights throughout their time together. So it was uh, one one of them was early on when Mike was on vacation and Chris changed the intro music to take Mike's name out of it. That was one of the early fights. And then they explained another fight as well where. Um, uh, it was, they were going to a, a finals game, uh, or a semifinals game for the Pacers and, and Knicks. And, uh, this, tell me if this does not sound very Glenn Beck-esque. The, the, they had first, uh, the first leg of their trip was delayed. And so they ju- Mike just refused to wait for the delayed flight. So he just went home and they, and Chris was so angry. They didn't talk to each other for nine months Oh my gosh! Over that nine months, it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, they said they they, they didn't talk wow. to each other off other than on the air. They didn't talk to each other, so they would go to break and it would be wow. dead silence. You know, Pat, like kind of how we treat Jeffy in the commercials. Right. But for a long right. time, nine months, uh, wow. and uh, the only thing that's that's uh, it was a f- funny moment because the only thing that got them back together, uh, as Chris pointed out, uh, was that Mike invited uh, him to the, his wedding, um, which was apparently revealed in the first time that Mike did not invite Chris to his wedding. It was actually mm. Mike's wife who invited Chris to the wedding and actually put the show back together because it was really on the rocks at that point. Wow. And so what was the third big fight? Or do you remember? I, I don't think they went into, I think they only went into the first, they only went into the two mm. biggest ones that they were could remember. Wow. Uh, but I mean, they, they went through, I mean, these guys went through, imagine they went through, obviously, uh, you know, 9-11, um, mm-hmm. you know, they were there uh, and uh, on the air that day, I remember listening to their show, um, and, you know, they went, they did that broadcast, then baseball, you know, took a hiatus, came back, Mike Piazza hit a really famous home run for the Mets, then the Yankees went to the World Series and wound up losing in a, in a really dramatic World Series right after that. I mean, they were, you know, it's really the fabric mm. of the Northeast and, and, and New York City, certainly, yeah. uh, and it was really cool to see. I mean, I, you know, as, as a radio geek and a real fan of theirs, uh, you know, it was uh, it was really worth coming up just to see it. I just, I, you know, yeah, it's great. It, rarely do you get a chance to do something like that. They hadn't done a show together in eight years, uh, and I uh, got to see it last night. It was awesome. Very cool. All right, triple eight seven two seven Beck. Meanwhile, uh, parents are taking to social media to share their children's most hilarious homework disasters. <laughs> 
Seems like it could be a weekly show, right? America's most hilarious homework disasters. Uh, here's one of them. Um, so, Tuesday. Oh, I see. The, the kid, days of the week, trace, write, and draw. Something you do on Tuesday. He does meth on Tuesday. Well, that's a hilarious <laughs> homework uh, disaster right there. When your kids do that, that's not funny. I just want you to be clear that is not funny. Thank you for that update, uh, Jeffy. Uh, this word does not mean... So the word is preen. My picture of the word, he's got... Uh, he's drawn a, a woman with a in front of a mirror. Oh, and then uh, this word does not mean to get your... Oh, my. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? All right. Where? It does not mean to get your. <laughs> there's know. two letters there. All right, I know. You can't see that. And go to sleep mm -hmm. to get your something and go to sleep. So it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that. So okay, next one. The hilarious homework disaster continues. I see. You're supposed to put an I into some of these words. Uh, one of them is B I B. The next one is D, and then a blank uh, C K. So it's supposed to be duck. D-U-C-K. You put in the right uh, vowel, and he didn't. It was a hilarious homework <laughs> disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and then there is another one. See, we can't even read these on the air. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we can. No, we can't. We can. Here's another one. Tony practices the piano <laughs> 20 minutes every day. He is a... Big. Big nerd. <laughs> okay. That's another hilarious <laughs> homework disaster. Draw a picture. Explain. Draw two different math mountains with a total of 12. Explain why you can make two different math mountains. Because I am smart. Think about it. That's our final hilarious <laughs> homework disaster. Have a good weekend. Uh, see you on Monday, Stu. The rest of it is. Okay.